Welcome to Dicey Stuff, the podcast about life, because, well, the dicey stuff is the realest stuff of our lives. Come along as Lois examines living as a Christian woman in this modern age. Time to roll. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Dicey Stuff, the podcast. My name is Lois Matson. We recently remembered the events of 9-11-2001, that tragic day when many loved ones, many people who left for work in the morning never came home. Forgetting and remembering is on my mind. We humans forget stuff so easily. I was recently going through old emails. I was searching for something. And I was reminded of a pretty significant event in my life that I had completely forgotten until I read that old email. And I've been thinking about how God is both a forgetter and a rememberer. We know that God knows everything all the time from the beginning, from before the beginning to after the end. He knows all things. Nothing is out of his awareness. But when the scripture uses the word remember in reference to God, what does that mean? The scripture in many places says the Lord remembered. And we think, what does that mean? Did he forget? And then he had to remember? And the scripture doesn't use the word remember in that way, in the way that we use it. It doesn't mean that God had forgotten just up until that minute. It means more that God calls something to mind. He focuses his attention on it. When God forgets something, he chooses not to remember it. And when God remembers something, he acts on it. I said God is a forgetter. What does God, quote unquote, forget? Well, the writer to the Hebrews says in chapter 8, verse 12, For I will be merciful toward their iniquities, and I will remember their sins no more. He's quoting from the prophet Jeremiah. Jeremiah wrote in chapter 31, verses 31 through 34, Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah, not like the covenant that I made with their fathers, On the day when I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, my covenant that they broke, though I was their husband, declares the Lord. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my law within them, and I will write it on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. And no longer shall each one teach his neighbor and each his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me. From the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord, for I will forgive their iniquity, and I will remember their sin no more. The prophet Isaiah also wrote about God not remembering our sin. In chapter 43, verse 25, Isaiah wrote, and this is the Lord speaking, I I am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake, and I will not remember your sins. The Lord, our God, doesn't remember our sin. It's not that he's forgotten about our sin. 
but that he chooses not to remember our sin because of the sacrifice of Jesus. He has forgiven our sins, and they've been washed away in the blood of Christ, and he does not remember them because of that, because the sin debt is paid, because his wrath is satisfied. When God remembers something or someone, he acts. You remember the flood. God told Noah to build an ark. Noah and his family went on the ark with the animals, and the rains came. This was God's judgment against sin. So after the flood and the waters had come down on the earth, the fountains of the deep had opened and water was springing up from the bottom and down from the sky, Genesis chapter 7, verses 22 through 24 say, Everything on the dry land, in whose nostrils was the breath of life, died. He blotted out every living thing that was on the face of the ground, man and animals and creeping things and birds of the heavens. They were blotted out from the earth. Only Noah was left and those who were with him in the ark, and the waters prevailed on the earth 150 days. But God remembered Noah. Genesis chapter 8 verse 1 continues, But God remembered Noah and all the beasts and all the livestock that were with him in the ark. And God made a wind blow over the earth and the waters subsided. God remembered and acted. God remembered Abraham and saved his brother when Sodom was destroyed. Remember Sodom was a wicked city and God was calling judgment down upon it. Fire was raining down from heaven on that city. But God saved Lot and his wife and his daughters because of Abraham. Genesis chapter 19, verse 29 says, So it was that when God destroyed the cities of the valley, God remembered Abraham and sent Lot out of the midst of the overthrow when he overthrew the cities in which Lot had lived. Remember Rachel? She was barren. Her sister Leah was also married to her husband. Jacob and Leah had children, and Jacob and Rachel did not. We know the mess that came of that whole situation. Four women, 12 sons. That's another story for a different day. Genesis chapter 30, verses 22 through 24 say, Then God remembered Rachel, and God listened to her and opened her womb. She conceived and bore a son and said, God has taken away my reproach. And she called his name Joseph, saying, May the Lord add to me another son. And the Lord did. Benjamin was born. Rachel died in childbirth, bearing Benjamin. But God remembered Rachel. You remember Hannah. Hannah also was barren. She was not able to have children. There were two wives involved here as well. Elkanah's wife, Penina, had sons and daughters, but Hannah had no children. And Penina, the wife of Elkanah, would provoke Hannah. She would irritate her. She would tease her because the Lord had closed her womb. And Hannah was deeply distressed. She would weep, and she wouldn't eat, 
when they went up to the house of the Lord. So one day, she prayed to the Lord in her great distress, weeping bitterly, and she made a promise to God. Here's what she said, 1 Samuel 1, verse 11. And she vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your servant and remember me, and not forget your servant, but will give to your servant a son, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life, and no razor shall touch his head. They went home, and First Samuel chapter 1 verses 19 and 20 continue, and Elkanah knew Hannah his wife, and the Lord remembered her. And in due time, Hannah conceived and bore a son, and she called his name Samuel. For she said, I have asked for him from the Lord. And she did keep her vow. When Samuel was weaned, she brought him to the temple, and he became a mighty prophet in the hand of the Lord. You remember when Israel was enslaved in Egypt. They had gone to Egypt because of the famine. There was no food in Israel. Joseph had gone ahead of his brothers through a lot of cruel and inhumane acts. He was imprisoned. He was falsely accused of things. But he ended up second in command in Egypt because God remembered him and God brought him there. But 400 years later, The pharaoh of Egypt didn't know Joseph anymore. The pharaoh who had known Joseph was dead and gone. And this new pharaoh did not know Joseph. The children of Israel were multiplying very quickly. They had grown from 70, if I remember right, people to something like 2 million in the course of 400 years, a little over 400. So pharaoh made them slaves. They were forced to do hard labor with inadequate materials. And the people of Israel cried out to God in their anguish. And God remembered them. He remembered his covenant. Exodus chapter 2, verses 23 through 25. During those many days, the king of Egypt died. And the people of Israel groaned because of their slavery and cried out for help. Their cry for rescue from slavery came up to God, and God heard their groaning, and God remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. God saw the people of Israel, and God knew. God acted to save them. He brought Moses, the deliverer, the rescuer, who was only a tool in the hand of God. He was a willing servant. But God acted to save his people. You know and you remember, and we have evidence of it very, very often in our lives. You remember that we are frail human beings, and we are destined for death because of sin. God also knows that. God also remembers that. Psalm 103, verses 13 and 14 say, As a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. For he knows our frame. 
He remembers that we are dust. Our frame is dust, and we will return to dust as we see at funeral services and burials. Dust you are, to dust you will return. But our frame is covered by the perfection of Christ, and this mortal body will rise on the last day, perfected and immortal. Thanks be to God. He remembers and he acts to save us. Thinking about some practical applications of remembering and forgetting. It's important to remember special days. It's important not to forget that we have cookies in the oven. How many of us have burned cookies because we either forgot to set a timer or we walked out of the room and we didn't hear it ring? We use reminders for important things. There are apps to remind us of birthdays, anniversaries, other special days. We have tech tools and technology that give us no excuse for being late to an important meeting, to a special event. Use the tools that you have on your phone, on your watch, your timer on your oven. Get familiar and comfortable with setting reminders and timers so that you don't miss what's important. You shouldn't be late to church. You know how long it takes to get there. Give yourself 10 extra minutes at least. And that means from when you're walking out the door, not from when you're still searching for shoes under the couch. Set a reminder or a timer that you have cookies in the oven. Set a reminder for birthdays. Set reminders for your bills when they're due, when rent is due, when your house payment is due, when your credit card bill is due, so that you don't have to pay late fees. You know what's coming. Plan ahead and remind yourself. I set in my phone, in my calendar, events that have to happen today. And I actually put events that don't have to happen today, but that I need to remember. And some things I bump along for a week or two. I might look at something and say, this task needs to be accomplished, but I don't have time today. And tomorrow's not looking good either. Sunday's the next day. You know, what am I going to... Okay, I'm setting this thing for Tuesday. That's the earliest day I'm going to have time to work on this. But don't erase it and don't delete it until it's done. Other things have to happen today. So that reminder, before it gets cleared, at the end of the day, I want all of my calendar for that day clear. But before it gets cleared, it has to be done if it's a task that needs to be accomplished today. You can literally set a reminder or a timer, an alarm in your phone for swapping out the laundry from the washer to the dryer. That may or may not have happened in my house many times. So no judgment from me because I've walked away for four hours because I'm busy with something else. And then I come back and I say, oh, my laundry's not going to get done because I allowed four hours between each load rather than just doing load after load after load, and it's done. So use the technology that we have as a help to make your life run more smoothly, to remember the things that you need to remember, 
because we're humans and we're forgetters. We're busy humans, and that makes us even better forgetters. I want to read you a paragraph from the website gotquestions.org, and this is about when God remembered. And I quote, In each passage that says, God remembered, we see that the phrase is followed by some sort of action or work on behalf of God's people. When God remembered Noah and his family floating in the ark, he caused wind to blow, which began to dry up the water that covered the earth. Genesis 8.1 In Exodus 2.24, God remembers his people who were enslaved to the Egyptians, and in the very next chapter, he sets in motion his plan to free the Israelites. Psalm 98.3 speaks of God's continual action toward his people. We conclude that God never forgets, but instead works in perpetuity on behalf of those he loves. End quote. Let's pray. Let's pray from the Psalms today. O sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm have worked salvation for him. The Lord has made known his salvation. He has revealed his righteousness in the sight of the nations. He has remembered his steadfast love and faithfulness to the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. Remember your mercy, O Lord, and your steadfast love, for they have been from of old. Remember not the sins of my youth or my transgressions. According to your steadfast love, remember me for the sake of your goodness, O Lord. O give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the peoples. Sing to him. Sing praises to him. Tell of all his wondrous works. Glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his presence continually. Remember the wondrous works that he has done, his miracles, and the judgments he uttered, O offspring of Abraham, his servant, children of Jacob, his chosen ones. Amen. Those verses were from Psalm 98, Psalm 25, and Psalm 105. But remember that God remembers you. Like the children of Israel, he sees you in your suffering. He knows your fears and your pain. He knows that your frame is dust. And ultimately, because of sin, our greatest affliction is that threat of eternal separation from God. And he has acted in his son Jesus to save you from that. Glory, glory, glory to his name. Thank you for listening to Dicey Stuff. Thank you for telling your friends. You can join our Facebook group and talk about this. What are things that you forget or remember? God's peace be with you. Oh, hey, DSPS. There's a song 
that talks about us remembering and forgetting and the important things for us to remember. In 1874, a woman named Jane Evelyn Hussey was born. She was an invalid. She had rheumatism. And she started writing poetry when she was still a child. Her first publications came out when she was 13. When she was 24 years old, her first hymns were published. One of the hymns that she wrote is called Lead Me to Calvary. The first line in this song gives me a little pause because I don't love the line. It says, King of my life, I crown thee now. Thine shall the glory be. I agree that the king of our life gets all the glory, but I don't crown him. God has crowned him. A crowning always happens from a higher power to a lower power. The human fallen sinner that I am cannot crown Jesus as Lord. He is the Lord of glory because of his father, because of his obedience to his father's will. But I understand Jenny's sentiment here. She wants to acknowledge that the Lord of the universe, the God in human flesh who came to save her, is the most important ruler, her Lord, her King. And I do agree with that. I'd like to read these lyrics for you. King of my life, I crown thee now. Thine shall the glory be. Lest I forget thy thorn-crowned brow, lead me to Calvary. Lest I forget Gethsemane, lest I forget thine agony, lest I forget thy love for me, lead me to Calvary. Show me the tomb where thou wast laid, tenderly mourned and wept. Angels in robes of light arrayed guarded thee whilst thou slept. Let me, like Mary through the gloom, come with a gift to thee. Show to me now the empty tomb. Lead me to Calvary. May I be willing, Lord, to bear daily my cross for thee. Even thy cup of grief to share. Thou hast borne all for me. Lest I forget Gethsemane. Lest I forget thine agony lest I forget thy love for me. Lead me to Calvary. Take care, my friends. Thanks for listening to this episode of Dicey Stuff, the podcast where Lois talks about this big dicey adventure called life. You're welcome to send your comments and feedback to DiceyStuffPodcast at gmail.com. Please, if you would, Subscribe and share. Until next time, roll on, friends.